0: Hello and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the show where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. We're looking at Shamos Yur Aleph. Parakut Aleph Pasuk Bet, talking about the idea of gathering up the sparks. So in the Pasuk over here, Hashem tells Moshe, "Daber Nob b'azne ha'av Yish alu ish me'et re'ehu v'isha me'et re'uta, K'le HaShem tells Moshe please Interesting that he tells Moshe please Why does he have to tell him please Whatever HaShem says you have to do But it's interesting that HaShem uses the word please Like imploring people So to we When we ask things from people We should say please We should implore them And we should ask them in a nice way so, Side <coughs> Excuse me Side note That we should say, please speak into the ears of the people that every man ask of his neighbor, every woman of her neighbor, articles of silver and articles of gold, so that, of course, when they go out of Mitzrayim, they're going to have the valuables. They're going to have the gold and the silver. But the question begs to be asked, why does Hashem tell Moshe to tell the Jewish people to ask for gold, to ask for silver, to ask for materialism from those around them? Why? Why are they asking for these different things? Why is that important to just get out of Egypt? Why do you need these things? Why the need to take objects with them? So Rashi picks up on this, and the Talmud and Brachos talk about what is this comparable to? And these sources are from Chabad. To a man who is locked up in prison and is told, tomorrow you shall be freed from prison and given a lot of money, says he, I beg you, free me today, and I asked for nothing more, but God had said to Avraham at the Brisbane Basarm, the covenant between the parts, know that your children shall be strangers in a foreign land, where they will be enslaved and afflicted. Afterwards they will go out with great wealth. And that was in Beratius. in uh, Perik tedvav to but Hashem had to plead with him, with them, please, ask the Egyptians for gold and for gold and silver. Excuse me, so that the righteous one should not say, they will be enslaved, enslaved and afflicted. He fulfilled, but he did not fulfill, and afterwards they will go out with great wealth. Hashem had this deal with Avraham. he knew that they were that that they were going to be enslaved for many for many years, and uh, and Hashem said, don't worry, they'll go out with great wealth. So they were enslaved for many years but we don't want it to be Avram didn't want it to be hashem didn't want it to be that he reneged on some part of the deal god forbid so hashem said please take out the gold and silver to fulfill that part of the deal because of course the deal of being enslaved was very much fulfilled unfortunately very harsh times all those years the hasidic masters pick up also pointed out in Chabad.org, Why was it so important that the children of Israel should carry out the wealth of Egypt to the extent that this was foretold hundreds of years earlier to Abraham as an indispensable component of their redemption? The answer is because every creation, every item contains a spark of holiness which embodies its divine purpose. When a person utilizes an object, when a person utilizes a force, or when a person utilizes a phenomenon to serve the Creator, to serve Hashem, thereby realizing its function within Hashem's overall purpose for creation, the person quote-unquote redeems and quote-unquote elevates the divine spark at its core. I'm going to say that again, such an important point to bring home and to think about. Every creation contains a spark of holiness which embodies that divine purpose. When a person uses that object, the force or the phenomenon, to serve Hashem, thereby realizing its function within Hashem's overall purpose for creation, he's redeeming and elevating the divine spark at its core. And of course, every soul has its own sparks scattered about in the world, which actually form an integral part of itself. No soul is complete until it has redeemed those sparks which belong to its mission in life. Therein lies the purpose of Golos in all of its forms, the exile of the soul from its sublime origins to the physical world, and the various exiles that nations and individuals experience in the course of their history, impelled from place to place, and from occupation to occupation by seemingly random forces, all is by divine providence, all is from Hashem, which guides every man to those possessions and opportunities whose spark is intimately connected with His. As the father and prototype of all exiles, the Egyptian Gullus was a highly concentrated period of history, in which the foundations were laid for all that was to unfold in subsequent centuries. The material world contains two hundred and eighty-eight general sparks, each of which includes innumerable offshoots and particles. Of these, two hundred and two were taken out of Egypt redeemed and elevated when the Jewish people carried off its gold and silver and used these to construct a sanctuary for Hashem in the desert. And we see that in Shemos in Prokem 25 to 31, Chath Chavhei to Lamad Aleph. So the idea is that we have to gather up all the sparks. There are sparks inherent in everything around us these spiritual sparks these holy sparks we just have to find them we have to redeem them we have to use them and elevate them to a higher purpose to a holier purpose to a more elevated a more spiritual purpose to use it to the ends of doing torah and mitzvot and chesed to helping out those around us and to being involved in doing good things for the world and those around us with utilizing the objects utilizing the items that are found in our own very lives every day of our lives question is though Where was Moshe when this was happening? Hashem told Moshe to tell the Jewish people, to tell the men, to tell the woman to redeem these objects, to take out these objects, the gold and the silver. But where was Moshe himself? So Moshe, as pointed out in the later Parsha, I think it's Rashi and others talk about, Moshe himself went to get Yosef Sadek's body We know that Yosef was buried in Egypt What did they do? They probably involved him And then I think he was thrown into the bottom of the Nile They probably felt he was a source of merit To protect Nile and protect the land And Moshe, I think they talk about How he had to use maybe Hashem's name And throw it into the water And his coffin raised up But Moshe was involved in the mitzvah Of, of taking the mace Doing chesed shal emes Being involved in taking the the body of Yosef with them out of Egypt. Moshe wasn't going and gathering gold. Moshe wasn't going and gathering silver. He was involved in getting Yosef's body. You know, everybody else was involved in these other things, but Yosef, but Moshe said, You know, who's going to do it for me? I have to be the one to do it. Even though he's the king of the Jewish people, he's considered the leader of the Jewish people, had the status of a king, most likely he went and he went himself to go get Yosef's body. Interesting that he decided to use that time for a spiritual matter, whereas everybody else went for a physical matter to redeem those sparks of holiness. Of course, Moshe was involved in redeeming those holiness sparks also from getting Yosef's body in general. But just an interesting thing to see the difference between using your time for spirituality and using your time for physicality. You should use your physical aspects, you should use whatever you have in your life. You should use it, material aspects for physicality, which is the main purpose, of what we're talking about today, what we're talking about tonight. You want to elevate, gather up those sparks and use them for holiness. It reminds me of the Mishnah and Pirkei Avos in 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 Parakdalat Mishnah Gimel talking about how every item has a spark every person of course has a spark but every item itself has something that could be used something that could help something that could bring something to the world the Mishnah Avos says over there in Dal Gimel how the the aspect of everything in the world has something that could be benefited, has something that could be showcased. Hu omer he used to say La do not despise any man. Do not discriminate against anything. adam. Shain Lo Sha for this for there is no man that does not have his hour. Every man has this hour. And there is no thing that has not its place. Everything has its place. Every person has their hour. Everything can contribute something. Everything in this world can contribute something. And every person in this world can contribute something. There's always something that can be contributed by everything that's in this world. That's why, you know, they say the David wondered what the element of a spider has. Why did Hashem make a spider? And Hashem says, by your life, or whatever phraseology he says, but you will see what the spider will do. And the spider literally saves David's life, because when Shaul is chasing after David, we've talked about this story in other lectures, when David is being chased by Shaul, his father-in-law, very complicated relationship. You know, David was married to some of Shaul's daughters. He was the harp player for for Shaul. He was his son-in-law. And he obviously took over the kingship. There was a very interesting relationship. We Some people believe that uh, Shaul might have had something called melancholia, a different kind of condition, some sort of depression, and David would try to risk his, lift his spirits, and then Shaul wanted to kill him. So one of the times that Shaul was chasing after David, David hid in a cave. And Hashem made it that a spider would spin the web of the cave so that Shaul would think there's no way David could be here. A spider only weaves a web over a long, long period of time. Rasha made it that the web was was spun literally miraculously, very quickly, maybe even overnight. And Shaul didn't hurt him, and David's life was saved by a spider. That every animal, every creature, everything in this world has its place. Anything in our lives we're supposed to use for an ultimate purpose, for a better person, purpose, an elevated purpose. There's nothing in this world that doesn't have its place. Everything in this world can be used for good or for bad. We should use it for good, to elevate it, to get the sparks, to gather all those sparks of holiness. Use them in our own life. Use them in a good way. But don't forget to think about the contrast in Pirkei also in Paragbet Mishnah Zayin. He used to say, <speaking in Hebrew> The more property, the more things we have, the more anxieties involved. You have more to think about. You're more responsible for. You're more to try to keep, take care and upkeep up, and... And and try to be mindful of. That's why you have more gadgets, more devices, more cars, more houses. There's more that you have to be concerned with. There's more you have to be worried about. There's too many things. There's too much anxiety in, in involved. That's why the, if you want to gather more things in life, what should you be gathering? Perculus tells us. Marbe. Torah, Mar more Torah equals more life, Mar Yeshiva, Mar learn more learning gives more wisdom, Mar B'eitza, Mar more advice gives more understanding, and giving more tzedakah, Mar B'tzedakah, Mar giving more tzedakah gives more peace, and kana shame. Tov kana El you get a good name, you get it for yourself, Kana lo Torah, Kan you get for yourself different Torah, you get for yourself words of Torah, you get for yourself the life of the world to come, you want to get more things Do something with your things to get the right things. So use your phone for good things, for shiurim, for listening to Torah, giving Torah, being involved in Torah. Use your car, use your house. We'll talk about it in a minute. Do being involved in the right things, being involved in good things. What can we actually be involved with? What can we actually be partaking of? What can we do in this life to contribute to our days and the days of those around us? What can we take? What can we do? What are those gold and silver we could take out of this world and elevate for a higher purpose, for a greater purpose, for a better purpose? What will you actually take and acquire in this world? Will you utilize the inventions and creations that Hashem made and brought to this world to gather up the sparks? We have to utilize all Hashem gave us for the good and not for the bad, God forbid. Think about what people did with their possessions. Think about what people did with their Creations that Hashem brought to the world. What did they do? Not that they make that they created it. What did they do with the creations that Hashem gave to the world? What did they do with their with their talents, with their gifts, with their things that they see in the world? I think about a a, a, a wonderful example of the uh, organization of United Hatzalah, started by Eli Beerem. This amazing person. He has a whole TED Talk about this. You have to see it. You have to listen to it. I listened to it many years ago. Basically, Ellie Beer was a uh, when he was six years old, and this is explained on com. but he also talks about it in his TED talk and all over the place. Different newspapers explain this wonderful, beautiful idea. D-A-A-T-T-O-R-A-H dot blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. They explain when he was six years old, Eli Beer was walking home from school when he witnessed a bus bombing in Jerusalem, in Yerushalayim. This traumatic experience inspired Beer to seek out a career that saves lives. Why? Because he saw the attack, he saw the the experience or whatever it was, and he noticed how long it took for the ambulance to show up. At age 15, he took an EMT course, began volunteering on an ambulance. But he found that it took a long time for the ambulance to arrive on the scene. There's traffic and there might be roadblocks, or they might not know the way, there might be something in the way. He found that when someone truly needed fast medical attention, the ambulance just wasn't there to get there in time because of traffic and the distance needed to travel. So he had a simple idea, albeit a brilliant idea. Why are we using ambulances? We need to use ambicycles. Ambicycle is bet is basically a medical kit, a medical ambulance con- condensed into a motorcycle. It's basically a medical motorcycle, for the be- for the lack of a better word, they call it an ambicycle, a medical motorcycle, which basically. Is a motorcycle that's able to save lives, and his goal was to get as many possible in Israel, and I think he's expanded his vision to reach other countries. It would be wonderful if every country on earth can have this, and that any paramedic, any EMT, any first responder could get on the scene using a motorcycle for those who could drive it, know how to use it, and are safe with it, and drive it properly, to get there in the right amount of time, in a quick amount of time. His idea was to use motorcycles Ambucycles to cut down response time. What a beautiful idea! Taking an element, a simple element of a motorcycle, a very mundane thing, which like people buy when they have their midlife crisis or whatnot. People buy it as an expenditure or one of those unnecessary expenditures for many people. But he said, No, I'm gonna gather up the sparks and put them into this cycle. A motorcycle could be mundane, a motorcycle could be eh. A regular a regular expense that I have in my life. It's what I do on the weekends. I drive up and down the highway. No. I'm going to make it and use it into a myth. So I'm going to gather up the sparks. And through this motorcycle, I'm going to save lives. I'm going to help others save lives. I'm going to put sparks of holiness into the mundane. Into an object. Into an item. Into this mo- motorcycle. Into this... Movable object and make it used for a mitzvah for saving lives lahatil <laughs> etfashot al haolam to save all people as much as he can with this beautiful organization. In the world, and you know, he had Corona. He got very sick, and many people prayed for him. And I believe, on some level, he did this beautiful, beautiful chesed, this beautiful, beautiful mitzvah. Maybe that counted as a major zachus to his benefit. How many people did he save in the world because of this beautiful invention, and because of all the beautiful people? that are involved in his organization, doing this beautiful work. And when I say beautiful, I mean beautifying the mitzvot, beautifying the elements of the world, and, and doing a beautiful thing of doing the, the mitzvot themselves, being involved in the wonderful mitzvah. So he cut down response them, I and he has an amazing TED Talk about his organization, very, very worth listening to. You just type in like United Hatzalah, TED, you'll find it. United Hatzalah website itself explains. And their website, I highly recommend it. To go listen to uh, their talks, if they have on the website. I saw the different aspects of the website, but it's a wonderful organization. We have donated to them many times in the past. IsraelRescue.org I-S-R-A-E-L, R-E-S-C-U-E.org. org They explain on their website. United Hatzalah of Israel is the largest independent, non-profit, fully volunteer emergency medical service organization that provides the fastest and free emergency medical first response throughout Israel. United Hatzalah service is available to all people, regardless of race, religion, or national origin. Why are they the fastest? Because they use those amazing ambicycles. United Hatzalah has more than 6,000 Volunteers around the country, available around the clock, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, with the help of our unique GPS technology and our iconic AmbuCycles, which are these amazing ambulance Motorcycles, these beautiful ambicycles, again beautiful in what the mitzvah is being done through the mundane aspect of a motorcycle. Through these iconic, amazing ambicycles, our average response time is less than three minutes. Across the country. And 90 seconds, 90 seconds, a minute and a half to respond to a tragedy, to respond to a crash, Lola Inu, to respond to any medical need or any crazy situation. Three minutes across the country, 90 seconds in metropolitan areas. Our mission is to arrive at the scene of medical emergencies as soon as as possible and provide the patient with professional and appropriate medical aid with until an ambulance arrives, resulting in many more lives saved. So it doesn't officially replace an ambulance, because an ambulance has a lot more room, has a lot more capabilities, but it has that first response, it has that first reaction before the ambulance can arrive. If the ambulance takes 10 minutes, 20 minutes, but the ambu cycle takes three minutes or a minute and a half, how much Hatzalat Nefashot can be done? How many lives could be saved? with such a brilliant concept. Simple concept, but brilliant concept. Amazing work that they did, founded by Eli Beer. What a beautiful thing. What can we do? What can we do with our possessions? What can we do with our things that were invented by Hashem for us? He wants us to take the inventions, take the possessions and go further with them. As the Jews left Egypt, they took the gold, they took the silver the silver to elevate the sparks, to gather the sparks, to do something with the sparks, to infuse holiness into those objects that probably were going to be used for Avodah zarah or some other thing that was probably not mitzvot. But the Jews took them and were going to use them maybe to donate to the Mishkan, maybe to use it on Shabbat, maybe to use it on Yom Tov. Some aspect to make it. We see a modern-day example, taking the motorcycle and infusing holiness, gathering up the sparks of holiness to use it for the beautiful mitzvah of Hatzalos Nefashot, saving lives. What do we do with our possessions? People can use motorcycles for midlife crisis, or joy, joy rights, or actually use it for the amazing mitzvah of saving lives. And it doesn't have to be something as grandiose as starting an organization. It doesn't have to be something that you're creating out of nothing. You don't have to found an organization or start a movement, but we each can do something on our own levels. What about our own cars? What about our own vehicles? How about offering rights to people with our cars? That is hachnasas orchem on some level, taking people with you in the car to where they need to go, or if you could bring them along the way, that is a chesed, that is a mitzvah. There's a great chesed initiative in a neighborhood where people drive the elderly to their appointments. How nice is that? What a beautiful mitzvah, utilizing the mundanity of a car To do a great mitzvah. What about using our houses or our yards for hosting meals, for Torah lectures, for meetings, Shiurim, and events related to Torah, mitzvahs, and chesed? Hashem allowed you to have the house. Hashem gave you the house anyway. Why not use it for Torah, mitzvahs and chesed? Hashem gave you the apartment anyway, or the dorm room, or the room, whatever He gave you. The mansion, al Kama Vakama, you could host so much, you could fit so much. You could even host weddings probably, engagement parties. Why not rent out? Not even if you do it on a really high level, you do it as a mitzvah, purely as a mitzvah. even to rent it out, let people use it. If you have the space, you have the capability, what can you use your house for? What can you use your car for? I think of the idea how people have these different galas, they have a Hatsala gala or they can have a high lifeline gala or a kids of cards or whatever, Yachad or NCSY, whatever, gala. You could use your house to to host it and to raise awareness for a wonderful organization. It doesn't cost you anything, right? They're coming to use your house. It doesn't cost anything. You're in your house anyway, you have all this space, especially if your kids are older. What are you using your house for at that moment anyway? Might as well let people do that, you know. I think about how last year we had a sheva brachos for my sister-in-law. What a beautiful way to bring a mitzvah into our own house! It was one of my most proud things that we could use our house for a mitzvah of shavuot brachos. Such a great thing to be able to do, even if making, uh, even when my wife hosted a shidduch meeting. A really nice thing to do to use your house for a mitzvah. If we could only have Torah lectures, if we could have shiurim here would be amazing. I'd love that. And in the backyard, we once thought about having like a a, a shirach event or some other type of event. Really cool things we could do. We once had a, a shal for the shul we did. That was really cool. There are different ways you could use your house. You could use indoors or outdoors your house. Different things to do to gather up the sparks, to use your house, to use your bayit. We say bayit naman b'yisrael, what better way to bring a truly wonderful Ne'amun house, a house based on real Emuna, real faith in doing mitzvahs and chesed, than using your house, using your car, using your life to do mitzvahs and chesed, gathering up those sparks and bringing it to life? Started back in Egypt when we took out the gold and silver, and hopefully, we're going to use it for mitzvahs and use it for good things. And fast forward all those years now, we have so many more opportunities to gather up those sparks and use it in our own lives. What about our phones? I like to use my phone. Obviously, to do my podcast, to do my audio shows, not to talk about Narish kite, but to talk Torah or to talk the OT show. Elevating the mundanity of the phone with spiritual Torah talk and messages. What about using your phone to listen to Shi'uram, to listen to talks about Torah, or to watch talks about Torah? How many people use their phones for TV or for movies? Lahavda, lahavda, lahavda. Why not use it to listen to Torah, to talk Torah and to be involved in Torah podcasts or all the rage? I myself have all my podcasts. I listen to Rabbi Rosner all the time, Blineder for Parsha, Blineder for Navi sometimes, and Blineder for Daf Yomi. Such a great way to use the phone for Torah. It doesn't have to be literally only listen to Shirin, But what about listening to Jewish books, Jewish audiobooks, or listening to um, Jewish music? The phone has an app, and the iPhone different ways to bring Torah through your phone, to bring a Torah lifestyle through your phone different ways of using the inventions. Use Google Meet and Zoom to be involved in Torah. Shi'urim or lectures, brainstorming or mitzvah hunting. So many ways to use the phone, to use internet, to use the video capabilities of our phones and our internet. What people wouldn't have give, gave so many years ago with any with any technology to see what we have available before us. To use the internet to spread Torah, to spread mitzvahs, to spread chesed, to spread initiatives. Think of ways to bring things to life. You know, Any creativity you have, use it for Torah, Mitzvot, and Chesed. I recently thought of a kid activity book initiative. I was thinking about how we, we find different items, find different characters in secular culture, but there's no really Jewish version. So I sat down, Hashem put the concept in my mind, and I sat down and I, and I wrote it down, typed it down. What a beautiful way to be able to use our our phones, to use our, our pen and paper. They didn't even have that hundreds of years ago. To use our computers to write out ideas, especially if we correlate it to a Torah concept, a Torah idea. Any concept you have, write it out. Think about it. Try to spread it to the world. Try to make a difference in the world. Whatever you're being involved in, whatever you're working on, try to get it involved. What about someone who is able to take a book, make a book, and infuse Torah it into it? Make a good Jewish story, a good Jewish novel, a good Jewish detective story. It almost sounds like... Um, Thing that doesn't go together, detective and and Jewish story. But yes, it's definitely there. Me and my wife have been searching, finding these wonderful Jewish novels. I used to love mystery, suspense, thrillers, and a couple of years ago, I made the change. I decided, my wife and I decided that we're going to switch over to the Jewish novels. So. Art School has a whole line of amazing Jewish novels called Sharp Press. I love those books. Feldheim has a whole line of amazing books. Love those books, too. And there's also Tzufta, or Tuf. I always forget how to say it. But there's so many brands out there, so many publishers out there, and there's so many good books. And it has all the elements it has. It's, if it's a really good book, I can't put it down. It grips you. It gets you into the characters. And it brings in Torah concepts. And it And the character mentions... I'll meet you after I dive in minhamar. Let me just go to the rough and ask him a question. Let me just listen to the sheer first, then I'll talk to you. Wonderful way of doing a good story, but in, involving elements. And the other story, I just finished the other week. It's like a a, a religious uh, Mossad, uh, which sounds also interesting. And it is interesting, the storyline, the religious Mossad. Um, member. I have the whole series if you want to borrow it. It's fantastic. And there's different elements, different ways infusing Torah into things. A book can be very mundane. It's I'm literally holding a book, but it could also not be mundane. You could also put the sparks of holiness into the books. Why should we read some non-Jewish author and and get and get our leisure and our time relaxing that when we could get it through a, jo- a Torah perspective, a Jewish perspective, someone who's as good a writer, if not better, because it's so kosher, so devoid of anything not Jewish-related, and it keeps it with the Jewish concepts and the Jewish family, the Jewish outlook involving Torah, mitzvahs, Chesed, outlook in the books. There are ways of gathering up the sparks in all these different ways. What about if someone would make a Torah TV show, or a, a TV show based on a Torah lifestyle? Our lifestyle is very interesting. I don't know why people haven't done that. There's so many TV shows out there, so few, involving Torah. Shtissel is all the all the craze and the, rave, and the rave these past few years, but how many years did it take to such a show as there? I don't even think the actors are actually religious or whatever, but it doesn't matter because they're fantastic and they're representing a very interesting lifestyle. And what about Jewish movies? What a w- beautiful way to bring a Kiddush Hashem, taking something that everybody likes to to be involved in, especially in culture and society. They love to be, unfortunately, or However you look at it, so many hours are spent watching and being involved in TV and movies make it, in a way... That there's a good movie, there's a good TV show that's based on, on the Torah ideals, based on, on the Jewish lifestyle. Think about the movie of in which ballooned and was a great movie, but very few and far in between are like that. And I wonder why that is. Obviously, it's much more better to be involved in actual Torah, actual mitzvahs, actual chesed all day, every day, to be learning and davening and the like. But if someone wants to rest and relax with their wife and their family, why not do it in that way we actually just saw a beautiful beautiful movie called yosef the musical and uh, got Elbus, put the music to it that was a fantastic thing and that's exactly what i'm talking about a musical which was made filmed into a movie but really was a play and they made it into a musical really good music and it was of course all male singers but it was um really 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 good totally worth the money I forget. I think it was on kosherflix.net. That is the concept. They try to do kosher movies, kosher TV for the Jewish family. And if the Music was one of those. And that's a wonderful way of bringing Torah, bringing the idea of a Torah lifestyle to these things. And what about taking our clothing and putting it into a way that we could elevate the sparks within? And how would we do that? Giving away or donating our clothing to help others. Yad Leah every year has obviously non-corona times, but in general has this wonderful thing where they take clothing and they donate it to Israel. We have so much clothing. How much clothing does a person really need, especially if you have a washer dryer in your house, your apartment? Do you really need so much clothing? Granted, you need some for winter, some for summer, and a little bit for fall and spring, but how much do we really need? If we went through a clothing and especially if it's sitting around unused for years how much clothing do we really need? do you think I'm going back and picking up this clothing from 30 years ago? no if it's not with me now I'm not going to probably ever use it again let's donate it give it to people that really need it YADLEAH Y-A-D-L-E-A-H a -A a beautiful concept taking the clothing and donating it and you just did a mitzvah giving away clothing to people who really need it who really need it even the non-Jews recognize this they have like Burlington Coat Drive and they have uh, um, different cult drives. And they, I see clothing donation boxes all the time in secular culture. And of course, of course, of course, the Jewish people do that too. I remember when we back when we lived in one of the boroughs of the city, one of the JCCs had a huge box to donate clothing. And we did that. And we donated old shoes. The, and they take things in good condition. That's a wonderful way to gather the sparks of holiness in a mundane thing. Clothing, so mundane. But ri- risen up, risen up, rising up to use it for a mitzvah. Or you could give away toys, toys that you don't need, or toys in beautiful condition. Or you just have a little money extra lying around. Halavai, everyone should feel like that always. And you buy toys for others. They have Hanukkah toy drives all the time, like High Lifeline and other people. You could donate food, like our community has the food bank. Besides for, of course, using your dollars, but actual donating food. They have a whole bin in the shul. To give away canned goods and and non-perishable items especially to donate. How many cans of pickles do you really need? How many cans of corn do you really need? Donating, taking food, a very mundane thing, gathering up the sparks within it and elevating it to a higher, more spiritual, divine purpose. And of course, using your money to support many organizations, using your tzedakah, even giving a dollar a day of tzedakah, turning your dollar... Into a wonderful thing, giving so much every day. DailyGiving.org, it's the Tzedakah Yomi project. Like Rambam says, every dollar you give is like etching in your heart, being more of a Chesed giver. You have a hundred dollars. Do you give it to a hundred people, or do you give one person a hundred dollars? Rambam says you give a dollar a day, or you give a $1 dollar to a hundred people, because every act makes you into a more Chesedik a person, more Tzedakah a person. There's also the idea of taking your car, which is just a big ton of metal, and donating that. And you donate the car, the proceeds go to help children, and they even give you a tax receipt and a hotel stay for two nights. CarsforKids.org. 1 800 77 Cars for Kids. One eight seven seven Cars for Kids. So that song, of course, is in my head. Of course, a very good advertising campaign. I'm not sure it's 1 800 or 1 877, but CarsforKids.org. That's K A R S. For kids.org, Literally, you have an old car or a new car, whatever. You don't need it anymore. You don't want it anymore. What are you going to do with it? You're going to just hold it off to the junkyard or give it to this organization. And they turn it into cash. They figure out a way. They explain it on their website that they can get money for kids that really need it. And in return, you get the receipt and a hotel stay, which is a wonderful transaction, a wonderful Interaction, different ways of what we can do. In our own lives, we take the mundane and we elevate it. Of course, with food, we say brachos on food and we elevate it. We make it into a more spiritual interaction. We, we, we say brachos, we elevate ourselves, we appreciate what Hashem does for us. Hopefully, we should always appreciate what Hashem does for us every day. Talking about all the things we do, we make brachos before doing mitzvahs, elevating the items, sukkah, the lulav, the tefillin, the talus. Different things we say brachos on, different things. Taking a coin and donating to someone else also is elevating and making the sparks of holiness found in that dollar, in that coin. Teaching kids at a young age to do that. Anything physical can be elevated and should be elevated. And this is one of the things we could learn from the fact of the Jews gathering the gold, gathering the silver from Egypt, from the Egyptians, because we want to gather up the sparks in our own life. We should do whatever we can to gather up the sparks. Be like the Jews leaving Egypt. Gather up the sparks. Bring out the holiness in our everyday lives. Bring out the holiness of our life around us. We can make the whole world around us more spiritual and more holy. All we have to do is try to elevate the mundane. All we, have to choose, all we have to do is try to elevate everything around us. Try to take the mundane things around us. Your car, your house, your money, your clothing, your toys, your phone, your computer, your internet. Everything can be elevated. Everything can be lifted into a spiritual aspect, into a spiritual sphere. You should gather up the sparks in your life. Of the objects, the uh, the items, your candle could give light, but it also can be made a blessing on for Hanukkah, for Yomta, for Shabbos, bringing, spreading peace throughout the home. Whatever we can do to bring the sparks of holiness into our life, we should do. Even if you're out and about and you're walking, your own body, you can... You can elevate yourself in your life. You're going on a walk anyway. Invite others with you, especially someone who might feel lonely, someone who's very elderly, doesn't have people around you. Go visit them. Be mivaka chola. You could lift their whole spirit. You could lift their whole day. Taking care of your own body, making sure that you shmored nafshachah doesn't just mean your soul. Of course, you have to watch your soul. You have to protect your soul, be involved in taking care of your soul, but also your body, making sure that it's clean and hygienic, making sure that you eat well, you eat healthy, that you exercise. You're supposed to get between 20 and 30 minutes a day, five days a week. I used to get that when I dropped off my kids. Now I I drive them all the time because the weather is pretty harsh most days. But in general, we got to get that exercise. We have to make sure that we're involved in all aspects of our life, especially ourselves, our friends, our family, our kids, our spouses around us. Elevate whatever we can to make it a more spiritual life for all of us, a more holy life for all of us. Think about... What you can do in your life. What can you elevate in your life? What can you raise and put a divine spark in to bring out the holiness, to gather up the spark to elevate around you? I gave you different examples of things that we've done in our own life, especially the phone, whether I use a microphone connected to the phone or speaking to the phone itself, these wonderful voice memo app that allows us to do such a thing. But you could take anything around you and elevate it. Also cooking, food. You can make food and you could just eat it with your kids for dinner and your spouse. Or you can make food and give it to a family that needs it. L'aliener, they fell on hard times. L'aliener, they lost someone. Or la lahav, they had a baby. They just don't have the time. You could do the mitzvah of bringing that food. And that food is elevated. That food has the sparks put into it. Whatever you could do in your own life, think about how we could gather up the sparks like the Jews leaving Egypt. And make holiness into the mundane things around us. And in such a way, we can make the world a more peaceful, beautiful, loving place every single day. Until hopefully, Mashiach will come and the whole world will be elevated. May that be today. This has been the Audio DT with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.